1: Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC. Squawk on
2: the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Another Green Arrow Monday, a uh, future steady even with the 10-year above 4.9. Big week setting up with the Fed meeting, Jobs Friday, and lots of earnings in consumer, travel, tech, and pharma. A roadmap begins with a big week ahead for investors, the Fed, jobs, Apple on tap. S&P is in correction territory but pointing to a bounce at the open.
1: Uh, Dow's getting a boost from McDonald's shares that uh, fast food giant is gaining in the pre-market after it did report what are strong third quarter results, or at least appear to be. And Google star witness CEO Sundar Pichai is set to take the stand this morning to counter the government's allegations in what is a landmark trial, antitrust or monopoly, so to speak, trial.
2: Let's begin with the broader markets poised for a higher open, Jim. A lot of discussion over the weekend and this morning about sectors in which Every stock, for example, is oversold below the 50-day.
3: We're, we're minus 5 on the oscillator. I fall from the S&P, which has been pretty accurate. And the minus 5 produces a bounce. Uh, I do think that we all seem to look at the S&P futures as if they're just kind of something really happening. I think they bounced back from Friday. But, David, in the end, I mean, look, interest rates are bad again. So what are we, like, what are we, like? Happy days are here again, interest rates are doing what they typically do, which is go the wrong way. Did you happen
1: to, and I know they haven't necessarily always been right, read this JP Morgan note this morning, this long US equity strategy, because I know you take a look at these yeah, things. I, I mean, did. you're going to want to like, once you read this thing, I mean, you're, you're not going to be in a good mood because well, they are so negative, but to your point, Jim, a lot of it's I mean, it's page after page of the impact of higher rates on everything. Uh, I know right? I mean, on US households and their mortgage related debt, on credit card APRs, on commercial real estate, on excess household cash fading away, on corporates, on high yield. Well, isn't
3: that why Nick Timorous, who is, you know, the most important person other than Jay Powell, the Wall Street Journal writer, says, well, therefore the, the Fed might be done? He's like the shadow board member? Yeah, right? I mean, He's basically saying that J.P. Morgan's right, so therefore higher bond yields could end the Fed's historic rate rise. You need to see either the Treasury auction actually be uh, have real demand and, or you need to see that the, the Fed is done and then maybe cut someday. That's not what he's saying. In order to get out of this box, Carl, and the box is very for real. And if you forecast badly the way on Semi did today, well, then you might as well just say, listen, I'm, you know, I, Invite me to your funeral.
2: Yeah. Although, I mean, we knew Texan last week. The guidance was no good today. We, though, we have XPO, we have SoFi, raising guidance. Both well, although,
3: uh, you know, SoFi, and I am very close to Anthony know I admit that uh, he was the banker for for the street when we came public in '98, which was, you know, kind of pelly and toe. What, what year is that? years ago. What year is that? I don't 20, know. It's a quarter century ago. The Ice Age. I ice remember age. it well. Yeah. Yeah, the Ice Age. But I, I find that. I look, look, there's no doubt about it. The banks themselves are just the blast zone. And when I look at them, I say to myself, what happened? What happened, David, that the banks could be worse in price than during the mini-bank crisis? What does it mean?
1: I, I don't have the answer, so I'm hoping you're, that was a question of which you will actually... It was actually, rhetoric. Yes, it was so rhetoric. I was
3: hoping it was a rhetorical And I think, I think the answer is, is that there is no way out of this box because unless rates come down, people decided that this is the group where you're gonna start seeing credit problems. This is the group that doesn't have any ability to be able to make any money. And you have a lot of banks that, that are trading. I mean, I remember when Schwab was kind of like a line in the sand that was at 50. Well, here it is back in 50. Morgan Stanley. I mean, you got the pick of the litter there, right? And it's mostly wealth management is what
1: really
4: drives uh, that, like you like might think.
3: You like the pick of the litter. Life. pick. Wow, wow! Nice. I was good. You know, I worked on that all weekend. Wow! That that and uh, I just and the, totally and, missed and it. I, uh, you know, but, but the, you know what my problem was was that it's so hard to do this job and warm up for the Giants, quarterback. <laughs> but you know, I don't have a good arm. but Jesus, better than that last
2: guy. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it,
3: not easy coming in as a third string quarterback. Give the guy a break. Really well, your second string quarterback is worth a lot more than the My guy. My second
1: string quarterback? They're
3: paying that guy the equivalent of what Schwab's making this quarter. <laughs> Which guy's that? The, the guy, Jets, the tall mean, guy. I have
1: no idea what you Daniel
3: about. Jones. He's just. He's, not, I mean, he's the stick.
1: starting quarterback. But, I know, mean, he's,
3: he's coming back. No, they just they offered him a very good contract versus what they offered the best running back to live. Yes, he makes $40 million. We can't a all year. be Jalen Hurts. No. How about that? Jalen's hurt so badly, and does he ever stop? No, no. Doesn't is, show any signs. Does he have pure joy? Yes. Anyway, I I look at this. I look at, I think they're what we call fugazes in the NFL guys who are, uh, you know, companies that are just not delivering that should have. I mean, JP Morgan, for instance, they feel like to me they delivered a great quarter and yet it doesn't get any traction. The banks are key. For, for where we're going to go, there's so darn many of them, and they are the ones to watch. Not tech. I mean, there's like a, this watching the Magnificent Seven doesn't get me. But anywhere. is any
1: that what's going? If it takes rates falling to turn them around, aren't we going to be
3: sitting here for quite a while, waiting? Well, we're here. Yeah, that's my point. My point is,
2: I'm not positive. Well, by a while, what we're talking? What six months? That's when the market's counting on the first cut. I,
3: I have to. No, I, I think that you'll when well, you see the Treasury issuance and. Bonds have to go, you know, you need a guy like, let's say, a guy who won a big game this week. You need a guy like David Tepper to step up and say, you know, bonds are an attractive level, maybe five and three quarters. Until you get the Teppers, of the world, real smart guys not, guys, not guys who chatter on Twitter, but guys who just say, okay, this is the so, no so level. So
2: Ackman covering a short is not enough?
3: I, I, that was one of the great, you know, uh, I'm doing what I'm doing, but don't take my cue uh, stories. I, I, you know, David, I think that when the billionaires play, Go away. Don't do what they say.
1: I'm, I agree with you on that. You do? Yeah. I find that just because they're billionaires doesn't mean they actually know anything about anything.
3: Thank you. Billionaires My experience wrote. has they're been di- no
1: they're, one knows anything. They're just, you know, That's what I have come up with after all these years. They're dominoes. No one knows anything. Well, no, no. there's some who do. No, there are I aren't. think that guy Tepper's pretty yeah. good. There's like three people who know something. You don't something. think Tepper knows Literally something? Literally three people. You don't think Tepper knows something? I think he knows something, but it doesn't mean he's not going to be wrong.
3: No, but I think he knows that this is not... The great level to get involved. <laughs> you need to see something. You need to see the Fed give. You know we're gonna have Treasury issues. Really, you're numbers. gonna be sitting here till the Fed gives. And what are well, we what gonna are we do? Gonna, what, right? what are we gonna do every morning? What, you know what? We, we can gotta help talk people. about something. They're, 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 look, you know, last week there was a company called Amazon, and it delivered an amazing quarter. It, and okay. we could help people. It was a very good quarter. Yeah. Well, there.
1: Okay. So why won't there be any follow...
3: Will there be follow- Because calls? Apple reports this week. Why are you so depressing this morning? Why am I depressed? Snap out of it! I'm not depressed. I'm realistic. I mean, Apple reports this week. I say own it. Don't trade it. I'm not saying buy it ahead of the quarter, although you can go into this new video chat and buy an Apple and do an appointment ahead of time, and you just walked in the store. And while everyone else is in that
2: scrum, you can go right out. Are you of the view, uh, Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson, uh, Ed Yardeni over the weekend, that the chances of a year end rally? Have gotten slimmer.
3: That was, I read the Yardeni piece during the first half of the Eagles when I thought that, that we were definitely goners. And I said, oh, well, this is great, Yardeni and the Eagles. Yes. But the Eagles pulled it out, but Yardini didn't. And I think Yardini's the man to watch. And he's still talking about this percentage of where we could go in recession. That's okay. But, you know, to David's chagrin, I don't have enough stocks to like. I just don't.
2: Well, we came into the quarter worrying about government shutdowns. Right. Goldman today removes that as a base right. case. There you go. Uh, but we, we got two strikes down out of the way. But we have Treasury
3: yeah. issuance. now. I mean, Treasury issuance, this is back to the 90s. Yes, they're doing seven-year. Treasury I mean, debt we're back has to risen to,
1: that. to 94% of GDP from 77% pre-COVID level. We need the Chinese treasury to stop Treasury supply selling. sharply higher, uh, as we all right. know. Marketable Treasury debt, again, as I said, 94%. Fiscal deficit, six point two percent of GDP, the highest since the 1950s. Want me to
3: keep going? No, you're just killing me. Six hundred and
1: thirty-four billion want... in interest payments, annualized right now, highest in forty years. Well, just what do you want Ten percent of so government receipts. And by the way, government receipts are lower than we anticipated for whatever reason. Yeah,
3: and you know, just revenues not coming in. A as lot much of people saying that. that one of the reasons why the multiples are shrinking is that they're going to have to raise corporate taxes. They got to find some way to. To raise money, because this is just an untenable deficit, and it's just killing stocks. Now, you know, it's not like the president cares a lot about stocks. I mean, he was on the picket line against against the auto companies. That was a disaster for the auto companies. Have you noticed that? They're net losers. GM's still out there fighting. You mean with the auction, with the the settlements that Ford and potentially Stellantis have reached with the UAW, they're losers. And GM loses nine cents a week apparently as this whole this holdout occurs. (laughs) The autos are just part of the blast. So. Oh, you
2: see the warning out of Panasonic today on demand for Tesla cars.
3: Oh, well, we've got Tony, Tony uh, Saguenegi, yeah. actually. What was that, Carl, actually? They, they
2: warned on battery sales uh, because of weak demand on, for Tesla at the high end, I think, the why.
3: I still think that the most important quarter last week was one no one wants to talk about, was with, with Stephen Sherr and Hertz, where the people aren't, don't want a Tesla. They don't want they don't, a Tesla? They don't want to rent a Tesla. And, and, the, and they're expensive to fix. And they're expensive to Apparently fix. Apparently, they're expensive but, but did you know how expensive and they, they but were it also,
1: they suffered as a result of the drop in price that had taken well, the, place. There's and obviously, they have a large, right, a large group well, of I'm what are saying, used Teslas.
3: I, I'm making a thesis here. The thesis is, is that, and as we get from On Semiconductor, which is an auto-related semi, yes. that the autos are simply a blast zone. The uh, banks, these are big groups altogether. The banks are horrendous. What, saves SoFi? I mean, you want to do that? Uh, the Magnificent Seven, we had Magnificent One last week. Uh, <laughs> and Amazon. The rest were not that magnificent. I don't think Apple's going to be that good. I don't think NVIDIA is going to be what people want because NVIDIA is so heavily you know, loved. And then we had Bill McDermott. So we got Bill McDermott and we have Amazon. We got two out of 500. There are 500 in the S&P. Oh, Microsoft I had a decent quarter, too. Microsoft was well good, but the stock doesn't, doesn't react as
1: well. Or
2: it's so the that, only Mag 7 above the 50-day. It's got that.
1: And by the way, Meta's quarter, as you and I have said many times, was actually I quite good as well. I thought it was great. As well, but it was, but it was the commentary,
3: broadly speaking, around guidance in terms of I, ads. I'm just agreeing that with scared I, investors. I, I don't like to agree with with Michael Wilson, but he's basically saying that the reaction to the quarters was bad. I'm, I'm not. I thought Meta's quarter was terrific. Right. Uh, I mean, I thought Met, uh, when I say terrific, I mean I can't believe how good it was. And I do know that everyone knows that there's every campaign from the consumer pro- product companies. They always cease if there's something horrible. That's what they do. It's just, And yet their meta talked about them ceasing, and the world went nuts. So I'm uh, I can't be that positive. Oh, but we're getting headlines that GM is uh, set to reach
1: a tentative agreement with the UAW oh, as that's well. good. To end the strike. So Good. Good, good uh,
2: We do have McDonald's uh, pre-market uh, gains here uh, with the quarterly beat comps up almost nine globally, eight one in the United States. Company says it was able to get customers in despite higher menu prices, also benefiting from digital and delivery. gym. terrific quarter, the terrific quarter. Consensus for Q4 comps is four and a half, and I know Evercore is out saying they better have a pretty good November December.
3: Well, what happens when someone says you know, does will people eat a full? Uh, Cheeseburger with GLP, and uh, we got some big GLP numbers coming out soon from Magobi, which is Nova Nordis. David, these stocks have been hit by the by the obese, ugly, ugly stick, and it doesn't seem to matter. Once they come out, they can say good things, and then someone just is says, it, "But isn't it true that people order fewer hamburgers?" And they don't know because we don't have any data. No, we have no, no. Well, most of the most look if, at that thing. Almost none of the
1: companies. Other than that weird commentary from Walmart. Which Ben was kind of taking e- back, Right. Have ever said that they are seeing an effect that they can actually say as a result of people
3: eating less food? I, I totally agree. And or fewer to, calories. I'm beginning to think that the whole thing's a canard, that you should not be factoring in this thing. There were some good pieces by Cowan last week that talked about how basically no one's going to be hurt. Uh, the numbers are such that you, not a sizable cohort is taking them, and it's a sizable cohort that probably doesn't go to McDonald's anyway. So I think I think it's time to return. I think McDonald's is a very interesting stock. Wendy's is interesting. But McDonald's is a good company, and these were, ter- these were terrific comps. And there may be a GOP, but we're going to have to start getting past that and decide that that is not the reason to sell a stock. That is, as much as I think that there will be people who like these, I do believe that the idea that the future of food is dependent upon them, just dead wrong. We're
2: going to get Lilly earnings, too, uh, this week. Yeah,
3: well, remember, they don't have approval yet for obesity. So they're just for diabetes. Yeah.
2: Uh, busy week setting up. When we come back, in addition to that, the U.S. versus Google. Uh, Pichai is set to testify today in the landmark antitrust trial. We'll get a live report. We'll take a look at the pre-market here. A lot more this morning on autos, as David said. There's some AI news. Talk more about the banks. Got some calls on Datadog, Cisco, and Chevron in a moment.
0: Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? at janice henderson we think it is for 90 years we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together we know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years
3: and beyond to learn more go to janicehenderson.com
0: what's on the horizon for financial markets
2: Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai slated to testify today in the DOJ's antitrust trial against Google. Our Eamon Javers is outside federal court in D.C. with a look at what we might expect. Morning, Eamon.
5: Good morning to you, Carl. We did just see Sundar Pichai walking in here to the federal courthouse in downtown Washington, D.C., just a short time ago, uh, walking into the courthouse ahead of what we expect to be a 9.30 start time uh, for this ongoing proceeding today. We also saw a Department of Justice attorneys arriving here just a short time ago, so it looks like everything is set to get underway. This is an opportunity now for Sundar Pichai to defend his company in this antitrust trial. Remember, the core issue here is those payments, multiple billions of dollars of payments that Google makes to all sorts of device manufacturers and carriers to be the default search engine on all of their services. We learned the big number in all of this just on Friday. 26- $6.3 dollars in 2021 that's what google paid for those search engine defaults the government is arguing that that in effect is buying its way out of competition that it's those huge payments are forcing other competitors sort of out of this industry the search engine business almost altogether uh, google says no, no no wait we are offering a better product and that's why people are choosing us and there's nothing wrong with these revenue sharing agreements that they make with a lot of these other companies around the industry. So that's the central argument that we're going to see here today. We're going to see Sundar Pichai defend his company uh, in person here in just a couple of minutes, guys. Back over to you.
2: Meantime, Eamon, the other big story in tech uh, in Washington, at least this morning, is this news about a potential executive order from the White House about AI as they try to get in front of what we widely expect to be very convoluted discussions about the impact of that tech.
5: Yeah, fascinating first effort here from the Biden administration. Uh, This executive order a little bit more sweeping, I think, than a lot of analysts had expected uh, in terms of the strength of it. They're using the Defense Production Act in one aspect of this executive order. They're going to force some of these AI companies uh, to reveal their safety test results to the federal government. That's something that we haven't seen before. Uh, and there's a whole host of other elements here. The, the Biden administration really marshaling all the different elements of the federal government uh, to, in this sort of first, I think you can think of it as a first swipe at AI regulation here in Washington, D.C. I think this is the first of uh, much AI regulation to come, but with Congress sort of on the sidelines now for maybe the next year, this is the big piece of regulation that we're gonna get out of Washington, uh, maybe uh, in all of 2023 and 2024, Carl.
2: Eamon, thanks. Uh, Eamon Javers, thoughts about either of those two things?
3: Yes, I think in the latter, uh, when we had Bill McCormick last week, one of the things he talked about CEO of ServiceNow is that there was a huge number of federal contact, uh, big deals, uh, three $10 million deals uh, that were reached right at the end of the quarter. And that was because they had just uh, issued this Vancouver project, which is a way to be able to identify how cybersecurity for your internal agency or a company. I wonder whether this wasn't, uh, David, getting ahead of that, because I think Palo Alto does it, too. Palo Alto has uh, artificial intelligence to determine whether you're penetrable or not. But uh, ServiceNow, may, maybe that was part of the strength of the quarter. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, it was pretty impressive that they won all these federal contracts right, right at the end when they revealed Van Cooper project. So, I think that there's a way to be able to assess this. But in terms of the amount of money that was paid for the contract, well, what were they supposed to do? I mean, they were just supposed to just say, "Listen, give it to us because we're better." I mean, by the way, Bard, no, uh, not not. You know, it's you know, it's like Bacon. Remember, Bacon was said to Bard's write not some doing of, it for you. I mean, Sir Francis, is Sir what Francis Jesus. Bacon. <laughs> remember, he might have written some Shakespeare. Yes. yes, yes. Well, that's Bard, Bacon
2: bacon's burning it's because the bard is shakespeare right. And, right and there's bacon i'm doing a little thank you carl
1: <laughs> oh it's so hard I-, I woke up i'm a little slow this morning <laughs> it makes i need carl so hard. To- i need carl to translate
3: kramer for i was going to do galsworthy but i know that Actually I, I translate did you, did you ever
2: read milton as a subject <laughs> uh we'll take a break uh take a look at futures here holding in there uh, as we get set for a busy week and wrap up these last couple of sessions of october don't go anywhere
0: let's get straight to the point
2: We mentioned GM in the face of these uh, strikes. Let's get to Philabo with some breaking news. Hey Phil.
4: Carl, all 3 of the big 3 are now locked up into tentative agreements with the United Auto Workers. We have confirmed from sources that GM and the United Auto Workers have agreed to have agreed to a tentative agreement. Uh, a four-year, four four-and-a-half-year four contract, we have reached out to both GM as well as the UAW. Both have declined to comment, so we're waiting for exact details about this contract that has been reached between the two uh, sides, expected to generally come in line with what we saw from Ford and Stellantis, 25% raise over the next four-and-a-half years over 30% when you add in cost of living adjustments, a, a number of other things in here that really, you have to look at this from the UAW perspective. This has turned out much better than I think people expected when all of this began back on September 15th. They didn't get every single thing they were looking for, guys, but they got a lot. And this is a very rich contract that the UAW has now locked in with Ford, Stellantis over the weekend, and just a few minutes ago with General Motors. Well,
3: Phil, I got to tell you, you covered this thing incredibly well, and, and it's almost as if uh, fame was one step ahead of the posse constantly. Uh, While watching your coverage, it's very clear that they had no idea of what a strategist they were dealing with. Uh, they had no plan. Uh, and they gave away many things that they had worked hard for. Uh, Phil, why were they so
4: unaware that they had a real opponent? Uh, Jim, that's a great question. I'm not sure. Uh, I I think at the end of the day, people will look back on this, and yes, you can say, well, the environment with the way inflation has been going and the fact that they were coming off of record profits in North America over the last three years, of course they were going to make rich contracts. But all along, the UAW, Sean Fain and his leadership, and the strike strategy, this one you know, one plant at a time, we're going to keep you guessing. You're not sure if we're going to strike here, we're going to strike there. Uh, and the very, very effective use of social media by the UAW. You put that all together, and this has worked out far better than they expected, and I'm sure far better than a number of executives expected in Detroit when all of this began.
1: Yeah. Phil, that of course investors now are going to be trying to figure out what what it all looks like in terms of cost, what it's going to mean for margin. Uh,
4: Is there anything you you can fill us in there? Yeah. The the early estimate is that the all-in cost, and that's the one that everybody focuses on, prior to this or the previous contract, it was $64 to $66 per hour, all in for the big three. $55 per hour all in for the foreign automakers here in the U.S., and $45 per hour for Tesla. The early estimate on the Ford contract that we've seen is that it comes in somewhere about $88, $89 per hour. We haven't seen a final calculation. But if that's correct, let's say it's $87 to $89 an hour, basically a jump of $22 an hour all in per employee. Look at that gap between them, the big three, and the foreign automakers, they're at 88, 89. Foreign automakers are at 55. Now those, those wages are gonna go up as well. Are yeah. they gonna go up as much as they did at the UEW? That is gonna be the big focus now over the next several years. The gap between right. what Detroit is paying and what the foreign automakers are paying here in the US.
1: Phil, this comes at an interesting time as well because you know, the last weeks, and I want your obviously input here, we continue to hear that EVs are starting to really slow, that demand is really slowing. we've talked so often about what this is going to mean for GM and Ford and their plans in terms of being profitable in EV. Meanwhile, they seem to be pushing things out. Kind of just give us a sense as to the landscape as we sit here right now with this tentative deal.
4: The overall demand is slowing. That That is an actual thing that is happening within the uh, the auto industry. doesn't mean that we're seeing a reversal and people are not buying EVs at all. It's just not growing as quickly as it was in the past. It's about 7% of overall sales. And for the big three, they have to sit here and say, do we commit as much as we expected through 25, 26, or are we a little more judicious and realize that the market will be slower to develop and maybe we push some of these plants that we were planning to bring online in 25 and 26 out to 27 and 28. I think most would argue that's a smart move. Now, at the end of the day, David, what has to happen, if they are gonna be competitive in EVs, they gotta get their act together because they certainly haven't been right off the ball. You know, Yes, they're doing better and they're increasing their sales, but this is still Tesla's game. And they are still, they're nowhere close. And that has to change over the next several years. And they know that. You you listened to the Ford call the other day. Jim, I know you listened to it. It's pretty clear. They know what they have to do when it comes to EVs. And Ford's got other issues in terms of warranty costs. But with regard to electric vehicles, it's showtime. You've got to come to the plate over the next couple of years. Otherwise, you can pretty much say, okay, four and a half half years from now. We're going to be talking about this again during the next UAW contract.
2: As for... um Labor pressure in the industry, uh, Phil, going forward from here. Let's listen quickly to what Sean Fain said about the next uh, labor negotiation cycle. Take a listen.
4: One of our biggest goals coming out of this historic contract victory is to organize like we've never organized before. When we return to the bargaining table in 2028, it won't just be with the big three, but with the big five or big six.
2: That's what a lot of the street commentary is focusing on today, Phil.
4: Look, they have momentum, and I'm not trying to play down the success that Sean Fain and his team have had over the last month and a half. There's no doubt they have momentum, and there's no doubt that if you are working at a Toyota plant in Kentucky that you're not looking around going, that's pretty good, that's pretty good (laughs) they got there. Having said that, having said that, they have a long track record of being unable to unionize at Toyota, at Honda, at Nissan. They just haven't done it. And they've been talking about it for 30, 40 years. So at what point does that change? Is this the contract that changes that? Maybe, but that's the, that's what you have to keep in mind.
2: Phil, thanks. i uh, wrapping up uh, GM this you morning. Bet. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange. is a big board. It's oil and gas operator Mach Natural Resources celebrating the recent IPO at the NASDAQ. Choice One Financial Services celebrating 125 years of the bank.
3: Look, I, I think that what Phil said is very important in the sense that Fain outsmarted them and the fact that Fain, we're in a different moment. Uh, I think that both unions... Uh, are getting their way and Treasury is getting in the way with just gigantic issuance. And that's why individual companies really struggle hard, Carl, to be able to make a breakout here, because you really have to just distinguish yourself above that fray. Union fray, yield curve fray, these are major headwinds that we haven't seen since the 90s.
2: Going Jay's way, as you like to say. Yeah, go Jay's way, but maybe it doesn't matter. We have to
3: see some sort of way that the deficit, I don't want to sound like a, a, a deficit hawk here, but boy, anybody who likes stocks, you, look, David, anybody who likes stocks knows that, frankly, uh, there are no treasuries uh, to be bought by foreign countries. And that was always something you can. I remember one time uh, the people were worried that the Chinese owned too much. I mean, please, come back, China. They have 800 billion. They're, like, selling them.
1: Like oh well, that is a key question. It's not just the supply, but obviously it's the other side—the yes. demand and the um, what doesn't seem to be nearly as much demand in QT any longer from buyers such as China or even Japan. Uh, right to your point. So liquidity. Um, yeah, and and that's why we're also going to be watching very close. I think it's Wednesday when we get the actual plan from Treasury in terms of how much supply will be issued uh, over the next few months. It's not something that has typically been a focus for the market, but it is now. Uh, because last time it was a very large number. I think it was the end of July when we last heard, and the market has sort of trended down ever since. Right, and it, obviously it, bond prices have fallen dramatically. And
3: was, Treasury is very arrogant the whole the time. Tenure. There were people who suggested, why don't you just do a gigantic financing in the long end, Carl? And they always said the same thing, which is the short end is a better uh, place to borrow. They need to be criticized for this. Their lack of understanding of the yield curve over a very long period of time is shocking. Uh, I don't,
2: uh, Yellen's just doubling down. Her comments uh, late last week about how these long rates are. About economic growth not not funding concerns
3: well uh, you know that's a nice thought
2: We just we just wrapped up a near five percent GDP print
3: well it's I true. just know that look the GDP is directly anybody who favors that once uh, as long as that we get good data without inflation, that's fine. But there was a way to finance without making it so that uh, the stock market was hurt. But then again, remember, it, when Bi- Biden is a president who just does not focus on stocks, otherwise he would, he would have tried to figure out a way to make a deal between GM and the UAW, not show up on the picket line, which was the last thing. David, no one in the industry on in the management side thought that a, pre- a sitting president would show up on the picket line. I mean he is a union president he is a union president but the He's unions been a union it is guy. union versus capital nothing's changed in america except for the unions didn't roll over this time right and now they're going to be the workers are going to be making
1: all in as phil just said as much as 88 dollars an hour that's they, obviously including all benefits
3: and remember how long the unions the unions were losing on this issue of uh, how much you pay the beginners, and now they've completely caved on that. What matters is, of course, we're not in a union country. But when you, you see the, the broad gains that Fain makes, and you're in the restaurant business, I think you're shaking. You're in any business that that needs a big labor force. I think that we could be in a wave of unions. Well, but again, over the last forty years, it has
1: been the decline of unions well, maybe It it's has over. been notable. Maybe that significant over. decline in unions, and many who have argued. Uh, of the disparity between the wealthiest and the working. Uh, that, that we needed a resurgence in unionization, which I think the president certainly agrees president with agrees. in order to bring
3: wages up for all of these the, people. The, the, I, I think if you ask the
1: president the who, who
3: the Magnificent Seven was, he would accurately say, I remember Yule, and,
2: <laughs> and I think Steve was
3: terrific. <laughs> that's, that's, I think he probably have first name basis with most of these because he's my age. No, he's actually older. Whew, someone's older than I am. He is older than um, But no, he would realize that uh, Horst Buchholz didn't make it, and by the way, Robert Vaughn didn't make it. He would know that. He would um, also by the, the, the know that Ilya Karak Kuriaki recently passed away, was David McCallum, who was also, by the way, uh, uh, an amazing man. Let's many- get back to some movers this morning. We mentioned on Semi, you guys did, about yes. a
1: $36 billion market cap coming in. Stocks down a lot. Well, he, told-
3: um, he, he gave you a bad forecast. Let me
1: say. He gave you a bad forecast. Guidance indicates an 8% quarter over quarter revenue decline. Also, gross margins expected decline by about 80 basis points quarter over quarter and that is driving the stock down as much as 15 percent.
3: Hussein have has largely seen money.
1: strength previously in auto and non cancelable orders and, uh, and, and so forth. Unclear. The call started at nine. Yes. I get a little but, bit more but, you know, from Haceno the call.
3: Is, I've had him on many times. He, he's very, very good CEO. I think it's interesting that, that it's reverberating immediately to NXPI, which is the other Auto Semi Company. And then the last Auto Semi Company that actually had good things to say about Auto was Texas Instruments, and uh, they're barely down. I would think that that's something that the people who are really smart about the semis would say, well, this is a golden opportunity to put out a short. We we
2: haven't mentioned Western Didge uh, and Uh. the idea of splitting the data storage in the flash business into two public companies.
3: Well, that's great, I don't want you either. Hard disk drive and flash, well, sold to you, David. You can have all those that you want. Oh, that's funny. Sold to me? Uh, yeah, sold to you. Hard disk right. drive and flash. I mean, you know what? We don't want a company that has two divisions. We don't want. We want actual good divisions. The only companies that are really doing well right now have no need to finance. Western Digital does not have a great balance sheet. Does not, okay? The companies that are that are well-known, I don't have to say them again, that have great balance sheets are the ones that are most likely to come through this unscathed. And those are the ones that we all know as the magnificent right?
2: Does that include AMD, which we'll get tomorrow?
3: You no, know, there's a lot of people who feel that AMD is going to shade down. I think AMD's got some very important products in the pipeline. Uh, but there was a... I'm going to give Pat Gelsinger this, and I, I've, been, I, I, I've been judicious in how I view him, but Pat delivered a good quarter, and that's not good news for Advanced Micro, even though I think Advanced Micro is a better company. You know, so we want, forgot to mention Intel actually performing quite well. It was a that very, buildings. very good quarter. I, su- I was surprised. Uh, They have a very good CFO now. They did did a lot to be able to let's say uh, restore credibility. Fair enough.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Wanted to hit VMware guys because uh, you know we've been focused on it. Jim has talked about it as well. This is a deal to acquire by uh, by Broadcom to acquire VMware that there was a hope would close today, although there was a lot of doubt because they had not yet received, at least they had not as of last week, received antitrust approval from the uh, Chinese. They still have. And uh, this morning, we did get a press release very early saying, we expect we'll close it
3: soon. Very soon. Soon. Now, my understanding,
1: Jim, and I assume you've heard the same, is that Hock, at least, Hock Tan, the CEO here, who has spent a lot of time in China and been there recently, believes this is not political, which would, in many ways, perhaps signal a more significant delay, uh, but is bureaucratic is simply SAMR and perhaps another agency taking their time at working its way through and therefore soon means in the next few days. Now, I would also add, I don't care how deep you think you are in China in terms of understanding what's going on, it's still a black box. Very true. And he expected they would be able to close today and that was wrong.
3: I I agree with you. I know that another way to look at it, let's use a chess analogy. I don't think that Tan is a, a pawn in this, a U.S. versus China. I do believe that there is a a tremendous amount of uh, paperwork to be done. However, I think that if you want to take his comments to the bank, that's that's probably a mistake. Because that means that you think that you have an edge on China. And I don't think
1: anyone has an edge on China. No, it's so difficult, and so you you really are left just guessing. Uh, yes. But again, we can share at least what we're hearing, which is that Mr. Tan does believe it's bureaucratic
3: and not political. And take he does take it for what it's worth. If anyone's going to get something through China, is someone who has spent a lot of time in China and understands the Chinese. But yep. we, are, I, I, and I know he said, you know, they're saying it's not, a, they're not a pawn. But David, this is an era with China where I know we're finally starting to talk with them. We but, have some senators who've been, certainly, and or Gavin
1: Newsom was over there as yeah, well. Yeah,
3: Gavin Newsom. What um, was that? What did he accomplish there? We're talking
1: about climate stuff. In uh, California, Cabernet? obviously, and China Cabernet, is still is the biggest, you know, in terms of uh, uh, all renewables, right? China China's the um, worst even though they polluter also, in the world. They, they are, open a they coal, are coal plant every week. the biggest in terms of renewables, and right. they also open a coal plant all the time. I want to know if it's, wine it's came, came up. up. Did wine come up? Cabernet. Why? Because they're big consumers of cabernet. No,
3: because well, Gavin Newsom knows the wine business. But, <laughs> oh, okay. You Why? Know, like Why? I'm aware of what California of is. I know, public. but I uh, it's just never mind. I'm just I'm, I'm missing here with David. I'm <laughs> being way too obscure. You are being very obscure. I'm just trying to entertain our viewers who are uh, yeah, tired of losing I, money. Well, they may be tired of it but it doesn't mean they're tired of us i think gavin Newsom was a very smart guy but I, well, uh, what,
1: all right let's move on from gavin Newsom. no 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 can let, we move on from that let's okay in 1992 let me come back. Let
3: me, gavin Newsom. So, look can i just say the plump jack i've been there multiple times who? it's a plump jack he owns plump jack it's a fabulous cat really and it has a great it, it, it is an unbelievable zinfandel and i'm not a zinfandel drinker okay
1: all right are you done now you feel yeah. good I'm done. Okay, you've informed everybody about Gavin Newsom's wine. I'm business. done. Let me just finish on VMware very quickly. You you had to make an election stock or cash, and you're still locked into that election, which is a little odd right now, but apparently will be the case for at least the foreseeable future. Um, they had delisted the stock; they had to relist right. it this I know. morning. That was bizarre. And again, you're locked into the election, whatever you chose. Uh, last week, but so, is it not
3: extraordinary that you know that that, that, that that there's no doubt that Hocktan would buy every single share of Broadcom that's for sale here, because right. he loves his stock. I love the VMware; it's a way to be able to get his pr- price earnings multiple up. Uh, I think this is one of the more important stories out there for many different reasons. But I'm willing to take geopolitical off the table if Hocktan tells me. Okay. Or you know, I think that Broadcom's a remarkable company. It, it, Carl, you know it, it, it is. On the fringes of AI, like a Cadence Semi. And we would be talking about its AI role if we weren't being involved with this thing.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing you've been pretty steady on is that there is a it's bullish in energy right now. And we do have an upgrade right. of Chevron this morning out of B of A. They go yeah, to buy.
3: Look, I, I think the Hess deal is great. I mean, John Hess might say, look, in you know, a short term, obviously, my timing wasn't perfect. I do think that we are not even do, pumping and we're doing really well. I think that is the bull market in this market. I I also think the gold stocks are about to catch up. People don't really care about those. But uh, would I buy Chevron here? I think that they did the right thing with Hess. But you know what? I, I think, David, the most undervalued piece of property in this whole
2: thing was Pioneer and Exxon got it. Is it weird that crude is down 5% this month?
3: Yes, it is, because I would have thought that with what's going on, the horror of the Middle East, that you would have expected, many people did expect, that crude would go up. I'm now seeing downgrades of things like Valero, which are making fortunes here. Uh, Yes, it's quite shocking that crude couldn't rally in this, because I think that maybe the Russians are pumping extra. There are a lot of people, by the way, who say, don't forget what's going on. Ukraine winning right now. That is not talked
2: about at all. Also, just. Really quick, gas prices three forty-five. That's a seven-month low, lower than we were this time last year, and that's gonna yeah. that's gonna benefit the consumer at yeah. least somewhat. I'm
3: gonna do a little quiz. I'm gonna end this part of my my diatribe. Which side is your uh, gas
1: tank? Uh, the
2: gas pump. Which side? The tank. Mine's on the
1: right side. Why? I just want to be sure you knew that. Oh, I I know.
3: Okay, be sure. You By the know, way, might ask you, know, you can, for the
1: price of milk. I'm if not you going are in there. a rental car and you're unclear, you can always look. The There's the that arrow. little arrow. Yeah,
3: yeah, on the. He's one of us. I I, I you well, know. Now I'm back. And did you see in Burlington? Did you see the down I actually fill up my car. Have you ever bought a T-shirt at Burlington? They they give it to you for free. They give you gas for free or a T-shirt? No. And by the way, I think Dollar General's worth focusing because the guy Vasos is back. I'm just talking about... No, you're just just talking like I don't even know. I'm trying to find stocks that could go up. Vasos, the oil companies. I'm going to end with a REIT deal. Maybe that'll quiet you down. A what
1: deal? A REIT deal because it's so damn boring that it'll just put you to sleep. (laughs) What? How's that for a lead-in? But uh, it's worth mentioning. Spirit Realty, <laughs> <laughs> is up.
3: And it's a fairly large See, deal between um, this and between this and, I mean, and, 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 between and, and the value, Chiefs game.
1: I mean, three billion dollars. Uh, they did have a lot of debt. It'll create a sixty-three billion-dollar total enterprise value for the uh, for the union of Realty Income, which is acquiring Spirit uh, Realty uh, for point um,
3: seven six two newly issued
1: well, there's shares. A deal.
0: Yeah, in it's real estate. It's, it's actually
1: equity, even equity value. It's
3: by the way, you know, five plus billion. I know everyone's worried about commercial real estate, Carl. It is very hard to find where it is, where the real black holes are.
2: Because real there's no transaction volume. Yeah,
3: I mean, because, yeah, like, you know, look, not. everyone thought that Blackstone had it. Well, it's, not, it's very minor. Everyone thought lot that of Wells had it, but Wells is very minor. It's a lot of banks. Uh, it's a lot of regionals. Smaller it, it, banks. No, it's, but the banks seem, by the way, you know O is really good. I have them one constantly every quarter really um, you do and you know why because Once they it, pay their dividend monthly the and a lot of people who watch our show want a monthly distribution and they're very smart and I think a monthly distribution hmm. David if you ever were to retire I
1: think you'd be happy with that uh, I sure would well they say it's a leverage neutral transaction there's no capital markets uh, no reliance on capital markets needed for the deal at all a good deal they are ex- assist, uh, assuming the existing debt low-rate debt by the way they yes. point out to your point and they are saying that it will uh, deliver 2.5 percent accretion mm-hmm. to the adjusted Bye.
3: funds from operations. I really like that deal, country. and actually, I'm glad you brought it to people's attention. As because for CRE, though, the monthly is important. Jim.
1: I mean, it is. It may be slow, but it's a slow-moving wreck. Absolutely, but and I think it's more the
3: insurance companies that have not been that uh, not been vetted properly, and we don't really know what they're doing with their with their capital. You've
1: got I mean, if you own a building that's 50% occupied and you got a refinancing coming up in the next few years and your equity value has fallen dramatically. I mean, you're not in yeah, a good you want, way. Yeah, you want to
3: give the keys you to somebody.
1: You are not in a good it's place. Hard to give the, the keys. The bank doesn't to want fear. the keys. They no, don't try those to keys. figure out a way
3: to, to do something. Nobody wants with those you. keys, but realty income here with a 6.55% yield is very attractive given the fact that if you want monthly distributions. That's a good way to get it. And again, yeah. I think that that's a terrific way to to invest and to have something in your pocket. So, it's good. All three indices here, Jim, up about a percent. Well, Apple is leading things. And again, I having been a big, huge fan of Apple. I am not saying this is the quarter, given the fact I don't think the other than the numbers that we saw from from Sievert, which indicated that you know Sievert's been the principal uh, promoter, David, of this. Very strong, and you can
2: also argue that Verizon of, of the iPhone 15, iPhone. but also the Verizon's balance sheet now lets them be a player. That was a good quarter for So Verizon. you're not thrown by these headlines today about Huawei's resurgence in China? For no, example. I
3: mean, I, no. I mean, I've read that story a gazillion times. How many times can they resurge? It's multiple <laughs> resurge, <research>, David. Five-time <laughs> resurge. Research. Enough. Enough resurge. Well, they can resurge. So, you know what's interesting? We're getting the uh, end of the GLP moment. I think. The end Pe- of the GLP market Okay, well, listen yeah. to GLP-1. PepsiCo was really hurt because of Frito-Lay, right? And people are starting to realize, wait a second. Uh, you know, people. the people who just are crazy about Frito-Lay, they're not going and taking GLP-1.
1: We don't know. It's, you know, portion control is, when you're on these, is becomes much easier. So you PepsiCo don't, has You don't smaller. order as much. So it doesn't even mean you won't go to McDonald's. Maybe it just means you won't order a, a giant tub of fries.
3: Yeah. 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 So who knows? Okay. So what movie did 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 Marlon Brando call uh, say that <laughs> Tubagus? Use the phrase tubagoo. Tub, of goo. tub to, of Carl goo. Ma- to Carl.
1: To Carl. To Maldon. Carl. Malden. It wasn't Made, on the waterfront. No, it's they called. They both were in that movie. True.
2: No, it's called One eyed Jacks. Ooh, good one. I, I I was more of a Streets of San Francisco kind of guy. One Eye Jacks. Carl
3: Malden. How about when he says, "Give me a beer." He's, Give <laughs> me a beer. When he says that, on the waterfront. Who wrote the score on the waterfront? I
1: know this. Leonard Bernstein. Oh, oh my God!
3: <laughs> he was going to be the head of Jeopardy. Everybody
2: has an
1: I off day. Think when Aaron Rodgers is going
3: to play at the end of the year. You are going to be the head of Jeopardy. I'm, I'm, things are moving <laughs> slow. What can I tell I, you? I have I have to go beyond the stock market, given the fact that we have a good day today, and I don't want to focus on it because I don't think tomorrow is a good day. <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll see. Uh, only three Mondays have been no two Mondays have been down. I know. The last Monday, three but All
3: Fridays have been down. We didn't even get the like, Pro Mutter siding with. It. We, we knew that i mean i'm sorry i, I
1: didn't it was it seemed obvious given triance size of triance that, that was a news story that they today? actually had perlmutter as part of their effort I'm but that's just a trying to go into day. your world and get out of my oscar world yeah i know i don't have answers for who's you had no, no, no. who's had four oscars who's had four oscars there's one person's won four oscars really yeah one person three
3: no she went three yeah three. most people yeah. said three no. You are full of trivia today. I just find myself focused after I had non-cries and Mattel, and that stock didn't work. I'm going back and seeing what movies impacted TV. We have to go. Jeez. Uh,
2: Jim's right, though. Uh, market looks pretty good for the moment. Uh, Dow up 320, back to 4162. Quick reminder: you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com/slash join the club or use the qr code on your screen as for uh, bonds this week a lot of data headed our way not just the fed meeting but some pmis jobs friday of course coming up on friday for now 10 years still circulating right around four nine back in a minute Pretty decent open here. Major indices up uh, between 1% and 1.5%. NASDAQ is leading. All sectors, at least on the S&P, are green for now, and the VIX right around 20 CNBC's Evolve Global Summit, by the way, is virtual this Thursday, November 2nd. We're going to gather leaders and innovators from around the world, talk about strategies and tactics necessary for adapting, innovating, and changing in this new era of business. You can scan the QR code or just register at cnbcevents.com slash Evolve.
3: Let's get to Jim and stop trading. A lot of people have asked me, look, uh, what defense contractor has been left behind? This morning, uh, Raymond James goes from hold to buy for L3 Harris. This is a remarkable company that probably has many, many orders that the defense partner is going to give them. And it's really, it it opened the market, it it opened 10 points off its low, its high was 250. So uh, I endorse this. I think if you feel like that there's going to be a huge defense budget as I do, this is the one that's going to get more than its fair share. Uh... How about tonight, Jim? OK, a lot of people have been saying, what is going to happen with, uh, with Bracken Darrell and VF Corp? There's not, not one but two activists, David, mm. in Bracken Darrow, And it's good to find out, because that's the first time he's p- spoken publicly. He used to be at Logitech. And Josh Weinstein, uh, there is a lot of feeling that these uh, the cruise companies aren't getting their due. The wave season was great. There's been a lot of uh, people, uh, just like the old days, signing up. But the socks are, are nowhere. So let's find out what's really going on. Uh, that's
2: a lot. We're going to get through a ton of consumer earnings. Uh, this uh, you got to find out too. what the heck
3: is going on with the consumer, because so many people have written them off, and yet if, why are they taking so many cruises and going places? You started
1: the, you started the show kind of depressed. Uh, I mean, you feel any better with the Nasdaq up 1.4 percent? No, 4%. I think it's a great
3: opportunity to be able to, to say, up. yeah, I do. There's nothing cooking, nothing, nothing cooking, unlike him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what to, to be clear-headed and somewhat negative? And,
2: or is it about deserves got nothing to do with it? <laughs> Jim, we'll see you at 6, uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. As we go to break, uh, we are getting a bounce here after a tough stretch. Of course, we all know how treacherous October has been. Uh, we'll wrap up these the last two days of the month in a moment.
1: You've been listening to the opening
0: hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer